What's up everybody? This is Osama from Jordan and you are listening to the Juicy Susie podcast. This series of episodes features participants from the same Susie program I attended in 2022, but will also feature alumni from other Susie programs. We will tell great stories, share the opportunities and the impact that Susie had on us after the program and on the life that we are living right now. We encourage others to apply and pursue their own Juicy Susie story. Our first episode features Kim LeBlanc, the Marketing Communications Manager at UMass Downingview Institute in the state of Massachusetts. He gives blogging sessions during many SUSE programs and will talk about SUSE from the perspective of the people who make SUSE happen every year. Hi, Osama. Thank you so much for having me. I really uh, appreciate you having me on this episode of your new podcast. And I'm um, happy to talk to you about podcasting, blogging, exchange programs, all about the all about the SUSE experience. I'm also happy to start this as my new, uh, you know, my new hobby that I want to start spreading the word of the of this uh, these programs and the the in, in SUSE in specific because it's also like had a, a great change on my life, great positive change actually. Great, yeah, I um, have been working with SUSE groups like yours for about six years now. Um, the program that has been hosting the SUSE programs or the, the bigger uh, department that's been hosting the SUSE programs at uh, UMass has been doing it for about uh, about 12 years. Uh, we host uh, many different kinds of programs over those 12 years uh, from different countries and different areas of the world. And some programs have actually covered the entire world. Um, your program that was with uh, four other countries, five total, um, including Jordan, um, uh, was with us this summer. We've had them in two previous summers, um, about 20 people each. Um, each of those groups I have uh, been very lucky to have interacted with, um, whether I'm teaching blogging courses. I think I might have even uh, taught a course in how to use LinkedIn um, uh, as the um Groups are primarily made up of young professionals like yourself, Osama. Um, and so uh, these groups come in for five weeks at a time, come to our, our town, which is a relatively small town in Massachusetts in the northeastern part of the United States. Um, the town itself is only about 13,000 people. The, uh, the campus, in addition to those 13,000 people, the campus is about 30,000 students. Um, so, uh, when your group came in, of course, it was in the summertime when most of the students had gone home. Um, so the, the town, you kind of had the town to yourself. There were very few, um, students there and it's a really nice time to, to be able to, to move around the area and to show you not only the campus and to have these, um, instructive kinds of teaching programs or teaching classes, but also show you around and show you the culture as much as we can, um, of our little town of Massachusetts and of the Northeast. Yeah, you're saying the little, the small town, but it actually it was like the the greatest town I've ever visited, and I think also for my colleagues, it was one of the like something that it's so new, something that's 
like you you feel that you you belong and at the same time there is like it's rich with cultures there are many cultures in the town of Amherst in that small town you will find a variety of great people from all kinds we visited all the places that you, you we like had activities of this uh, this scavenger hunt and where we can i uh, uh, to have a meeting with with people of like owners and market owners and everyone was helpful everyone was open to talk and to to tell you more about their their business and tell you more about their lives about their friends and this is something that we like it was new to us because we don't actually go to a stranger and ask them to tell us about your business how you're profiting and how you're and our program was about entrepreneurship and economic development uh it was like something that builds for you to to build your business and to know and learn better and it the town itself was the great educator for us as well i think our town even as small as it is with the influence of the campus and a lot of the people who are um you know quite educated that live around here whether they they work for um for umass as staff like i do or their professors they bring a variety of of interesting backgrounds and the businesses here i think are a reflection of those kinds of customers we have a wide variety um of uh of people doing different things um my wife who is from this area her famous line to me about amherst was that amherst has everything but it has just one of everything so we don't have we don't have multiple uh, let's say multiple restaurants that serve food from Southeast Asia. We just have one restaurant that serves food from Southeast Asia, but we have a restaurant that serves that food. Whereas a, another town of our size in Massachusetts, no, they don't. They they just don't. Um, so it's it's unique in that way, and that it's small enough that you can get around in it fairly easily. But in that relatively small area, um, not only Amherst but also the neighboring towns, including Northampton. Um, you get into those towns and you can meet a wide variety, and, you know, in your case, in your group's case of business owners, um, entrepreneurs, um, but also just interesting people who in general are very interested to hear not only about, I'm sorry, to to answer questions from, from, from your group, but also find out who you are, where are you from, and, you know, what's Jordan like, and What's um, what's Tunisia like? What's Algeria like? These these kinds of things, and um, th- there's a mutual curiosity there, and and that that curiosity, I can speak for myself, um, that I re- that's why I really love this program because I am a curious person about other parts of the world, and when I can continue to live in my home, uh, in my small town, and then meet all these people from a different part of the world, it's it's uh, it, it becomes almost I'm almost spoiled by it. Um, that I have this this ability to um, to go to work and, and meet these people. It's hardly work to me to to be able to to hang out and learn and learn about other people, their countries, and their cultures. Yeah, it was also a great change to our uh, to our lifestyle and our uh, like seeing new people every day and meeting new successful, not only successful but like highly successful people in in this small town as you say also like we we had we had an like kind of uh thing to do was called the like meet five entrepreneurs in in the next 12 hours and like we were like how come we can find entrepreneurs five entrepreneurs in this small town in this like just in this rushing and we have to go and race and it's kind of funny activity and uh yeah we 
we were like surprised by the number of people that are having their own business and they're having their own great ideas and great successful ideas. And it's, yeah, it is uh, kind of, as you said, it is a town that is full of everything, even great people. But not only, not only one of great people, but like all the people there were amazing. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, it's a nice, it's a nice town. It's a nice town, and it's a town that um, that is only a couple hours from Boston. It's a town that's only about three hours from New York City. Um, it's a bit of a longer drive to get to a place like Washington D.C. or to Philadelphia. But um, we, I, I am, uh, I'm with my family, raising my kids here. We can easily go to these places and get out of our small town and get into a big city that you can meet the local small town entrepreneurs, um, which is to say, actually, now that I say small town entrepreneur, they're not necessarily a small town entrepreneur. They're, they're you know, in, in our day and age and especially um, how COVID has kickstarted um, Zoom calling and, and re working remotely, um, many of the entrepreneurs that we have here don't just sell their services or their goods locally they they sell them across the country and sometimes across the world um but this this area just happens to be a um, an attractive place to live um so um we hope to have more and more groups come in the future especially entrepreneurship groups um SUSE stands for the study of the united states institutes um SUSE is not is is not just about entrepreneurship there are many other SUSE programs um, that are run across the country, across the United States and different um, through different universities. There is um, there is a SUSE program about journalism, for example, um, that could actually serve many different countries. Um, we've never hosted that, but another university has hosted that. I believe there's one um, there's a specific one about like young um, young businesswomen, not necessarily entrepreneurs, but um, young businesswomen that, again, is hosted at a different university. We've hosted a SUSE program um, called Comparative Public Policy, and that is um, working with um, people from Pakistan. Um, there have been, they're not called SUSE, but they're, they're, um, they're run by the U.S. State Department, which is, I should say that the SUSE program is, is a State Department, United States Department of State funded program um in order for us to run those programs we apply for the grant we apply for the funding from the state department the state department looks at our application reviews us approves us and then we have now have the ability to host these programs um, we first started doing this i think in 2010 with an indonesia program that, um, to be honest, I, I was not here in 2010. I don't remember what the focus was. I think it might have been teachers, might have been teacher training of secondary school teachers. So that was really the beginning of our international programs. And then every year we've managed to apply for funding and get them. Some have been SUSE programs. Some have been, um, there's, a, there's a Fulbright program for Argentina. Um, and that's mainly young professionals or kind of lawyers and government employees that learn about public policy. Um, we have a, a, another program that is just political science professors. We get like 17 professors from 17 different countries. Um, that program was on hiatus for the last couple of years. We're getting it back next year. Um, so again, we have to apply for these programs, be accepted by the U.S. State Department. And then the State Department um, sends out the applications for the participants 
participants send in their applications to the State Department. The State Department um, reviews the applications and then um, gives us a list of people who is who are going to come to Amherst, to UMass, for their summer program. Um, so that's kind of the process. I mean, there's, again, a wide variety of programs that we've run over the years. Some have been one-year programs. Uh, the SUSE Comparative Public Policy Program for Pakistan, that's one of our longest-running programs next to our Argentina program. We've probably had that for about 11 or 12 years in a row. Um, not, not, not including COVID, which we did run them in COVID. We ran them virtually, um, could not get people here in person. We eventually got those group here, groups here in person, but we had to be virtual um, during the really heavy COVID, COVID years. So, um, and we hope to get more and more of these programs um, in the future. I think as we, the more that we, as a program, um, as UMass, as we're able to successfully have these programs and gain all the knowledge that it takes to run a program, to host 20 people, put them in vans, move them from dormitories to campus, to um, to town, to New York City, to Boston, to New to Washington, D.C., to get them on planes, uh, you know, back to their homes, all these things. We have a lot of experience. And so that that's, tends to make us a pretty strong candidate for these kinds of programs going from year to year. Um, but, um, you know, as long as the State Department offers these kinds of programs, we'll be applying for them. And yeah, I would like also to talk about uh, the people behind the scenes of Downey Institute uh, in UMass. And the people who are like day and night working to make these programs and the, these people uh, like we, the participants, get this great experience and start talking about it and uh, like live a life, different life than the life we expected to be before at SUSE, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so there are, a, you know, there are a handful of people that are at the kind of director or manager level in these programs. Um, and there are staff that um, that work year round on these programs. They work year round on applying for the programs, on working on the money and, and accounting for all the money that we've spent on the programs. And that's a year round job. Now, when our participants are actually on the ground at UMass, the lifeblood of our staff are what we call our mentors. We call them our civic mentors. These mentors are college age, American college age uh, young adults who are the ones who are driving those vans that get our participants from place to place to place. They live in the dormitories with our participants. They go to dinner with them. They go to breakfast with them. They go to class with them. They go on these other little trips to New York City, to Boston, um, Washington, D.C., or, or wherever, or what have you. We've had other groups, other Groups like like your groups, um, Osama, that have gone to Detroit, Michigan, of all places, to, to look at entrepreneurship. Um, but these students, these mentors, are really those are the those are the ones that are spending time side by side with the participants, and they end up being really our you know our meaning um, the American kind of cultural ambassadors because the 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 bonds. The really deep bonds that happen typically are with our participants and those and those mentors because they're of a similar age, because they can relate to each other. But also there's that sort of natural curiosity about like, what's it like to live in Amherst or the United States? Is it like what I've seen on TV or, or read in books or on the news? Um, and then vice versa, you know, these students are like, 
tell me what Jordan's about. I don't, I don't know anything about Jordan. Where is it? You know, what, what countries are close to you? Um, those, those are super fun. Now, um, in many of our programs, including the, f- the five countries that are in the entrepreneurship and economic development program that you were in, um, what we also see is when those groups come together, these are people coming from countries that even though they may border each other, they may not have much experience with each country. Tunisia may not have a ton, you know, the people from Tunisia may not have a ton of experience with people from Morocco or, or Algeria or Jordan. Um, so we see this cross-cultural bonding going on with, within the groups. And even when an entire country is represented, just one country like Pakistan, we get people from the northern areas of Pakistan uh, mingling with people from the southern areas of Pakistan, and they've never met people from these different parts of the country, of their own country. Um, so we have uh, this really cool connections, these really cool connections that are made that can then be brought back to their country or to their region when they go back when they go back home. But um, so that's that's kind of a really, you know, a really general sketch going going back to your staff question. Um, there's there's quite a few support people that, you know, that that the participants meet and spend time with. But there there are more than a few support people that you probably never meet that that um, are watching over again, the finances or the the different forms and all the stipulations and all the immigration stuff. It's there's so much, there's so many details that go in and have to be um, overseen that I think are invisible to most people, um, especially when you're on the ground, when you're here, when you guys were here in Amherst and we were just keeping you busy, 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 busy all the time. Um, there's a lot of administrative kind of busy work that's done. Yeah, as I said, like behind the scenes and we are more than thankful to all of the people who are participating in making these programs uh, work and uh give these people from all different countries the the chance to 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 get change and and like interact in their life and have a a more successful life in their life going back to the cross-culture thing that you you mentioned i also we were like surprised with some some cultures that were different than us like the, the 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 countries that were close to us like egypt so Tunisia, Morocco. Well, for me personally, I've never been there, but we we knew more than we actually thought that we know. But actually, there were a lot of things that we learned during this program, not only about the, the American culture, but also about the other countries' culture. We met also some Pakistanis, and we 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 had great experience with them, and we had some like learned dances. The dances was something amazing to learn dances of each country and uh, learn about the food and the drinks and what are what is the culturally known drink in this country and uh, it was amazing to 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 grasp all this information in this short time of the staying in in in, in Amherst yeah it's 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 like a beautiful thing that that i always forget that happens and then once i realize it's happening in front of me when i see this sort of cross-cultural uh exchange it's a you know part of me has to laugh a little bit because we get people come all the way from pakistan just to meet people from their own country and spend time with them or we have people coming from these neighboring countries come all this way just to meet each other um but if that's what it takes and so be it that's fine um and that's just a great it's a great benefit um it's just one that we don't we don't really talk formally about it um as much as it is about these groups coming to the United States and we as Americans 
trying to uh, relate to them what it's really like. Um, and what I mean by what it's really like is it's really rare that anybody from any of these countries I've just mentioned will come here and go, oh, yeah, it's pretty much what I expected. It's very rare. It's happened. It's, it's so rare because they expect something completely different. And they don't all, all expect the same thing. It's not that they all have the same image of the United States, but what they have, what they end up experiencing here is not what they thought. And it can be shocking um, in a good way. It can be shocked. It's mainly a good shock, but it's just like, I had no idea that whatever it is, I, I won't go into any of, the, any of the stereotypes unless you want me to, but um, they just don't think that their experience here at least initially um, was going to be what they thought. And then as they spend time here, they get used to it. And over five weeks, they become, um, again, used to the way things are here. And that's a very broad way to say it, but that's the only way I can say it because it, it involves so many different things. Um, but that they, <clears throat> when they go back home, we call it reverse culture shock. Um, been in the United States long enough, that they go back home and now they have to get used to their own home again because they very little of what they've experienced here reminds them of home. And so when they get back home, they're like, Oh, right. This is home. Now this is different. Um, and you know, many, many are understandably, they, they're very excited to be home um, after being away for so long from their friends and family uh, while others, miss their friends and family they think well that was a great time in the united states i want to get back there somehow and so they um they have a hard time adjusting um and and again try to come back or have some sort of other similar experience than they had in the united states they're not necessarily coming back to amherst they don't want to come back here but some do um but others just sort of want to continue they've they've gotten this taste of the united states and they feel, even though it's five weeks, which feels like a very long time, uh, it goes by so fast. And they they now they have a taste and they want to keep tasting, you know, different parts of the, of the country, which is totally understandable. Because we try to tell them over and over again, Amherst, like we were just talking about Amherst. Amherst is this very unique place. Um, not every small town's like this. Not every part of the country looks like this. Um, get out, get out and see other parts of the, of the country and you'll get the full, you'll try to get the full uh, picture of what it is um, to be American, or at least what the United States is about. Yeah, that's that's what I liked actually. Also, when you when you've been in Amherst, and, and the the program itself also was preparing you for this the first cultural, you know, I, I wouldn't call it a shock, but it would be like something different than the thing that we thought it would be like. Uh, you said that you wouldn't mention the, some stereotypes, but also it's like something that we are we know the us just like from movies from the news for example so we kind of had an idea of how americans would be or how how life would be like there so that's what you said like people go there like participants when we reach there we we find out that it's it's way different it's not as we see on the tv it's like we see much better people and like interacting with these people and it's it's a great and the thing with the program that was preparing you in this small town and then you move on to go to see Northampton which is a bigger 
bigger city. And then like there is a, an, another activity. You go to Boston, which is like more shocking, more bigger. And uh, and then you go lastly to New York. And I don't know, like for invest in our case, it was New York. Some go to other uh, states and uh, it was like something level and it was good you know good steps that we followed if we went to to new york like from the first day it would be like so shocking <laughs> yeah and uh yeah i like this yeah we we had one of your uh another version of your program that was just here and we could only host them for about 10 days now your program was here for five weeks we had them for 10 days and we tried to fit in everything in 10 days they went to new york for one night <laughs> And before they left, I said, don't sleep. Sleeping is a waste of your time. You cannot sleep in New York. Sleep, you know, there's the there's a term that, you know, New York is the city that never sleeps. Well, it's true. New York never stops. And so yeah. I, I just encouraged everyone to just not even go back to their hotel room. They've been in hotel rooms before. <laughs> your hotel room is no different than any hotel room you're ever going to experience you know, that you'll experience across the entire world. But New York is outside your door. You cannot waste your time. Um, and so I think a lot of them slept on the bus on the way back. Uh, that's good. Um, and I think there probably are, and they've, they've been back to their homes for, for two weeks. And some of them were probably still getting rested up from the time that they were here. Cause again, we, we had them moving a lot, you know, even five times as fast as your, as your, um, as your group was. I can imagine. Yeah. We were also like sleeping in the bus, sleeping anywhere just to like, to enjoy all the time that we can in the five weeks and it wasn't enough to, to stay only like even in, in Amherst, we started missing Amherst when we go to, to New York. And then like, we, we miss New York and we come back to Amherst and it was, it was something like funny in a way, but it's still, it was that, that like, you still need more time. You, you always like kind of greedy to time. And yeah, yeah. in my case, I, I nearly slipped for <laughs> Or nearly like four hours a day, three hours a day. It was, it was always running and and seeing new stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think even though that's not healthy and <laughs> it's a long term plan to get that little sleep, um, I think it's completely understandable. And I would, um, I would hesitate to give that advice to everybody, but I think you you did it right. I think that's the way to go. Um, that's certainly the way I feel when I travel internationally. Like, I don't want to be sitting in this hotel room one second longer than I have to, or sitting in this restaurant that feels like every other restaurant. I want to get out there and meet people and see things. Um, the other, um, so I, I wanted to go back to the, I remembered something about the SUSE, this, this like SUSE idea, this study of the United States institutes that has all these different topics. And one, you know, the, the topics that we host with your group was entrepreneurship. Another group is public policy. SUSE really is about two things. When you strip everything down and put it in its most simplest terms, SUSE is having an experience here in the United States that is made up of classwork, of um, you know, networking within your own country, with other countries, with Americans, of course, um, and also the other the other cultural experiences. So there's three parts to that first part. The first part is your experience here in the United States. The second part, and you've alluded to it before, is when you go back home, what, you know, everything that you do in the United States in, our pro in the SUSE program is meant 
to be a personal experience for you, but it's also meant for what are you going to do with that information? What are you going to do with the, the experiences that you've had for that, whether it be 10 days or five weeks? What are you going to do with that when you go home? Um, are you going to, were you inspired to get more education? Were you inspired to start your own business? Yeah. Were you inspired to start a nonprofit organization? Were you inspired to tell 15 other people about SUSE? And you're going to help them apply to this program as well. Um, you know, will you, you know, do other things that is is somehow a reflection of your time, of your relatively very short time with us in the United States? That is... I think by far that second piece, this, what do you do when you get home piece that is so much more important and so much more impactful than what we ultimately consider a very short time. Um, yeah. Seeing a very, very limited part of the United States, like a tiny right. part of the United States um, that has its own culture that wouldn't relate very well. This culture we have in the Northeast or in new England doesn't relate very well to Southern California or to Montana or to Nebraska or to Texas or to Florida. So we've just given you one little flavor. Um, but with that flavor we've given you, I think we at UMass Donahue do our best to stay in touch with our alumni. Um, you, know, you and I are having a conversation right now. This is exactly what we're yeah. doing. That's it. Um, you know, we're literally having that conversation right now about what, how important it is, but we, it's really important for us to know what our alumni are up to. And if they are taking what they've learned, taking what they experienced and, and bringing it back home and, you know, for obviously for positive change. Um, yeah. And that's, that's, yeah, that's the idea of, of like uh, having the, the grants also after the, the alumni for the like when they finish the program you get mm -hmm. you get the chance to to get uh, to like a community of alumni people from all these programs and you will get the chance to to meet also more you know like people that experience the same experience that you had and it would be a great community to interact with that's part a part b will be that you will have the chance to apply for some grants that are only meant for the alumni. And this is uh, happening like after you finish. And that's where you're going to, to spread the word of SUSE and, and start telling people about this. And that's the idea of the podcast, which we named it Juicy SUSE to, to start and talk about SUSE in, in more of like flavored way and uh, talk about how cultures are, are, different and how we meet new people and how it's this experience is shocking and 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 it's amazing to each and every one that we're going to interview in the next few uh episodes um i uh speaking of podcasting i have my own podcast um that's about um it's very much about susie we don't talk about susie so specifically but the gentleman that uh, that I co-host the podcast with is a, one of our SUSE uh, alumni from Pakistan. He's a journalist. Um, and we have um, about 11 episodes and have interviewed not just SUSE alumni, but mainly SUSE alumni um, from Pakistan, but also some of the staff of the of, uh, of UMass that has worked with these programs, but also friends 
friends of friends um, that also had American experiences from Pakistan, but also um, all the Americans that we interview have been to Pakistan and can talk about their experiences there. Um, so this is in a way where we are trying to spread spread the good word about international exchange um, by having giving a, a voice to people to talk about what they did when they were in the United States, what they did while they were in Pakistan, how did it change them? What do they miss about the other country? Um, and so we've definitely come across some interesting themes um, um, in the people talking. That that podcast is called Chai and Coffee, um, C-H-A-I, Chai and Coffee. Um, and we've got it published everywhere. But <clears throat> that's been a fun way to, another way for us to keep in touch with alumni, but also in a sense, we're also, without stating it so obviously, we're kind of promoting SUSE and we're kind of saying, because main, you know, by and large, the, the experiences are really positive. Now, not everybody's experience is 100% positive. Some will miss their country, some, their home so much that they won't be that happy here. Some will have negative, negative experiences while they're in the United States. Um, they're going to come across somebody that's rude to them or uh, they get lost or um, they just, something happens that they weren't. Yeah, prepared. like things happen. Yeah, yeah, they don't understand what's going on. They get confused and they're not able to find help. So, um, and we were, we, in our podcast, we, we, we push them for those kinds of stories. We want to know where was the, where, where were the tricky times for them? Um, Cause we don't want to make it seem like this is just a vacation for five weeks. It's not, um, yeah. we keep you busy and we put you in places. Like you mentioned at the very beginning of this episode, you talk about the scavenger hunt which is, I think you're here maybe less than a day after you landed. And we give you a list and say, there's a public bus. Get on it right now. Figure it out. Get on that bus. Get to North, you know, get to a city that's eight, eight or nine miles away and find a bunch of stuff. Talk to a bunch of people. And we just push you out there and we hope you all come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like the first day and we didn't know anything. We started asking it nobody answered from like they said find it yourself do it yourself yeah, yeah i i can't imagine the uh if i were put in that position i i hope i would i would react in in a, in a you know energetic and creative way as most of our participants do but that it's scary to think about big position i'm sure it was scary for you yeah i i remember the first day like before i i leave jordan to to UMass, I was thinking that it will be closed campus. We we're not allowed to go anywhere, and like it's just uh, a stay of five weeks of learning new stuff in in like just getting lectures, and this is it. But on the first day, they said, "Go get a bus and just go get back to me at this time and like to take to talk about your experience and." Yeah, we we've done it all of us, and we had everyone had a different experience. Everyone had his own story to tell mm -hmm. by the end of the day. Yeah, and that's how like I was amazed of how that all of them start like trusted us and just go do it, and we hope you come back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the um, you know, there's there's a certain amount of independence that we absolutely want you guys to know that you have. Um, because as you know, it's so hard to move 20 people together from one place to the next. 
um, you should have some ability, obviously have the time, but also have the confidence to go off on your own. Um, you know, you were one of the very few participants really ever to get on a bike and, and bike around. Most people get on, get on foot. They, you know, they, they realize they could take an Uber, but it's kind of expensive because you don't have a lot of money while you're here. So you got to find inventive ways to get around. Um, and I know you talked to a lot of people and you made a lot of friends while you were here. Um, that it wasn't hard to see that. Um, you were just that kind of person that did that. Um, some will stay within their, within their group, even within their own country or, or within the people that they know and they'll only move out in, in groups, you know, small groups or whatever, larger groups. Um, but it's important for us to, for you to, to know that you have the independence that you need to, um, to use your time as best as you can, um, when we're not scheduling it for you. And it is a big town, but it's also like, you have to take care while you are on, on a bike or even on foot because yeah, it's different rules, different streets. Like in my, in Jordan, we have like this crosswalk thing on the street, but most of the locals don't use it. They just look and stare in the driver and then like they cross the street and the driver will stop or not. It, it just like, it just happens. And it happens like simultaneously. Like, nobody actually like have to go on the crossroad. Like when I was the first day there, I was crossing the street on my Jordanian way, you know, and the the mentors that you mentioned started like screaming, no, that's wrong. That's illegal. Uh -huh. and, and I was like, oh, that's the first shock. Okay. So I went back and I'm like, I had to wait for this. And then the same story happened with me when I came back to Jordan with the reverse culture shock thing. <laughs> you know, I was I was on the street and I saw a kid crossing the street and I was like screaming at him, no, there's a cross. <laughs> and it was like, just like flashback of me in, in Amherst. And yeah, that's the, the funny part of having your own story, having your own experience. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, it's not uncommon. Um, it's not uncommon for that, for those kinds of little things. We, we try to do our best to, to, to let you know kind of what to expect, but there's no substitute for just going out and doing it yourself. We could talk to you all day long and you would be bored. Uh, if we talked about streetlights and we talked about uh, sidewalks and we talked about, you know, how you pay things and how you use money and, or whatever it is that we're trying to tell you, you just need to go out and do it and, and, and make mistakes. And, um, I think in general, people are pretty understanding when they realize that you're, you're new here. Um, whether you're from a different part of the United States and you don't, you know, most people who don't know what they're doing have the same look on their face, yeah. whether it's somebody who's been dropped, I've been dropped in the middle of, of Jordan, or you've been dropped in the middle of the United States. We all have that same look of like, I don't know where I'm going. And most people will look at that and they'll recognize that because they too have been lost and not what they're do not know what they're doing in their past, and they go, "May I help you? Yeah, are you, are you lost? Can I help you find something?" <laughs> um, so it's a it's a pretty universal, it's a very human um, expression of I don't know what I'm doing. I need some help. So yeah, also uh, I wanted to go back to the name thing. Uh, you you, you named like the podcast that you've been doing was named Chat yeah. and Coffee. And uh, I would like yeah. to know why it was named like this also. Um, I've been to Pakistan twice um, in 2017 and 2019. And 
when I got there, it was, if we were going to sit down, if I was going to sit down and talk to any of my friends, we wouldn't just sit down at a table and talk. We would have chai. We would, tea would be served. Now, out of, mm-hmm. out of I think, politeness, they offered me coffee because they know that America drinks coffee. Drink, America doesn't drink mm-hmm. tea. Um, we're not as, we're not as British, I think, as the, or they think we're not as, have as much of a British legacy as they do. Um, but it's all about chai. And they're actually right. Coffee is a big deal here. We, we definitely drink more coffee, way more coffee than we drink tea or even what, what we call chai here is something completely different than what they call chai. Um, it's very, we, we drink a very sweet version of, of uh, tea that's, we call it chai. But so I thought we're sitting down in the podcast. It's a, it's a sit down conversation, but it's over zoom. Um, but we're having a sit down conversation between the United States and Pakistan. So one side drinks chai, the other one drinks drinks coffee. So we're not having chai or coffee. We're having chai and coffee. You know, do <laughs> do we literally drink chai and coffee while we talk? No, no, we don't. Yeah, but it's the idea of that. You know, and our our, uh. our logo is like a Pakistani flag and an American flag, sort of blended in together with some puzzle pieces. And some of the puzzle pieces are missing or they're scattered. Um, because the relationship between the two countries is not fully connected. It's never been fully connected. It has been missing pieces for a very long time. And so our, our idea is to have these direct conversations from people who have been to these other countries to have these very honest and open conversations that we don't, we don't jump into politics. We don't jump into, you know, heavy cult. You know, we do talk about culture and cultural differences, um, but we don't, um, it's not out of a, um, n- neither one of us is coming from a place of misunderstanding. We both have this experience of the other, other people's countries. And so we, we come in with some, some background and some, um, experiences to share and some pretty funny stories to share. Um, I've got plenty of funny stories to say about how confused I was about being in Pakistan. You, you crossing the street without waiting for the light. My version of that is trying to cross the street, not looking the right direction because <laughs> Cars drive on the left side of the road in Pakistan where they drive on the right side of the road here. I was looking for cars coming from a particular direction and a friend grabbed me by my shirt and said, no, and he pulled me back because I was not looking for the cars that was about to run me over. Um, so that's, <laughs> and and now when, when I when I get up to the street, I don't even try to think about it. And when I'm in Pakistan, I don't even think about it. I, I just look both ways really quickly. <laughs> even though I should only be working, looking one direction. Um, but cause I don't, um, yeah, I don't want to be hurt and I, I don't want to embarrass myself in front of my friends either. No, that's actually surprising. That's the first time I, I know that people in Pakistan drive on the left side of the world. Of the road. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's a new information for me also. Yeah. 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 And the cars are steering wheels are on the other side. So, um, so I told you about my my podcast title. So what's what's up with Juicy Susie? What's that, that what's that all about? Well, yeah, we named it Juicy Susie to get the talks from the people who had the experience with Susie and have this conversation like kind of juicy, you know, to to have all the all the experiences that they had and all the culture differences that they they experienced and they they had like they they met uh, people and uh, all the things that they've done and how this impacted their life positively negatively 
how this will will give them a better future. Yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think if you think about that word juicy, like the opposite, at least the way that I that I think is would be dry. And having a dry conversation in the way I in the way I speak English is that that would be a very boring conversation. That would be just like facts and whatever. It would just be very predictable or something. But sort of this idea of a juicy conversation sounds more interesting uh, to me. And I think, and going off of what you just said about um, people's futures, I think, and, and I think about this specifically to entrepreneurship, um, going back to your group, your group's mission, um, I think you probably talked to a lot of entrepreneurs. I'm not sure if any of those entrepreneurs were exactly doing the thing that you would like to do, or, or were exactly doing the things that your that your your co your group members want to do. But I think you, I I've seen a lot of inspiration because you come in with this idea. I want to do this kind of business. I want to be this kind of entrepreneur. And even though this person's you know has a different service or a different good that they're working on the way in which they attack or that they approach these issues um, and try to make, try to find their own market. I think there's lots to be learned from you guys. Um, and that's specific to entrepreneurship, but then with your group as a larger bit, I've come, you know, I've visited other places and I've seen them, people live their lives in ways that I never imagined was possible. I never even thought about it or it's so contrary to my culture that I didn't even think it would work. Um, so I see possibilities. I've changed. My own life has changed by my own international experiences. Um, I hope that your group, other SUSE groups, also learn not just entrepreneurship or different ways to look at entrepreneurship, but also look at different ways that people are living their lives, um, that, that's just how societies work, um, how governments work, how you know democracy works. Um, we are certainly not here to say, um, you know, in none of these groups, do we say America does it better than you, you know, that we are the best in whatever it is, making roads, making ice cream, um, you know, cars or, 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 or whatever it is. We never, we never, we never say it. No one wants to hear us say that, that, that would be demeaning and, and, and condescending, um, we really try to elicit as much information from our participants as we give to them. We want to hear about their lives too. Um, and what they want to take from it is what they take from it. There's, there's no test. We didn't give you a test. We didn't give you a grade. Um, we had, I think a final project where you were applying on things you learned in terms of entrepreneurship, but we don't say you've got to learn these 10 things about the United States and then bring these specific 10 things back to the United States. Every time we talk about our participants bringing what they've learned here back to their countries, uh, very purposely, we're very broad and very generic and very general um, about it because each person's experiences are different. And we, are, again, are not trying to say you've got to bring these things back, these points of information, these knowledge points back and apply them we're not going to test you later we're not going to test you in a year and say oh you didn't do that you didn't bring these things back that we taught you you fail you owe us money or something you know none of that stuff so yeah yeah so yeah that's also where where the part of we're going to talk about the the final days of of the program where, where we 
where we apply the things that we learn. But in the same way, everyone has its own way of applying this. Like we had this activity of having the the like to sell the the, the in the in the farmers market on like uh, on that when we had the idea and just go make teams and start on an idea and then like start selling and yeah everyone has his own team has like everyone has their own their own kind of idea and their own kind of story to tell and their own perspective to to sell and everyone made different success so by the end of the program you don't have one idea you have a 20 idea of each participant have their own story each each person had his own experience her his or her own experience and that's the great about these kind of programs and these exchange programs and i would love to like until now i would love to to have people and and see the impact of of like meet meet more people who are not going still not going they still want to go and i would like to see their how they they are thinking how they are like seeing life and then i would like to meet them a few months after they coming back from the program and see like how 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 great they got changed and how what changed what ideas got changed in their mind and this is also like a valuable thing in in this program and i think what's really important as a part of that a part of that after after the program is that the groups keep in touch with one another the participants of those groups keep in touch with one another and they share reflections whether it just be photographs of the trip to new york city or just sitting in the dorms or eating in the dining halls or something in campus that they share these experiences with each other um, because you can sometimes get law or kind of get caught up in your own thoughts your own memories and think well I, i don't really know what to do with this i don't really know i don't I've got so much that I'm bringing back with me in my head and my heart. I'm not sure what to do with it all. And I think having the support of, um, of your, of the people who are there with you, experiencing it with you, um, I think can help. Um, it certainly helps bonding just, just sort of just the human bonding factor, but also to help process this massive experience that you've just had. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've had, um, conversations with my coworkers when I've traveled abroad with them. Um, many people have traveled to these places, well, many times before I did. And then I can just turn to them and go, God, remember that time that we saw those things in the city? We had that food. We we met these, you know, these strangers came up to us and wanted to know who we were because we looked so different than they did. Um, that's just fun. I, I I wouldn't have the ability to to remember those things fully without having a friend there with me to say, oh yeah, it was you know, we had that experience together, and here's here's how it went, and this is what it means to me now. This is what I've taken from it. Now it's been several years um, from coming back home. So I think that bonding of the alumni with the program alumni, um, you know, that's done on your own, not without our help from UMass, um, is super important to process what you experienced now i can also tell like we have our own our own groups and our own memes our own stickers like everyone has a like sticker and they, they we share them on on the on whatsapp and our like our groups and uh -huh. yeah we're still bonding and 
not only that, we were like planning to to do a reunion in the in the next few years once we have like, uh, you know, you you said it. We we had the experience of being independent, and in our like in my case, uh, our cultures in like Arab Arab part, you know, we we have the kind of thing that where we are not getting independent as in this age because we're still living in the family. We're still living with family and we're still like depending on the, on the, on, on not only it's, it's, it's a positive thing that you're still living with your family, but a few weeks later to the, my <laughs> coming back to Jordan, I moved on and I live like all the way far from my home just to, to see and feel that feeling of independent again. And yeah, it's also that's I think something that got changed in me before like going to Susia was just accepting the the life of um, just going back and like not doing something new and not like and that's something that the Susi program changed a lot and one of them was being independent. That's great. That's that's just as important as bringing back four or five you know classroom points about entrepreneurship or or what a great entrepreneur what this great entrepreneur said 50 years ago or something having that independence is great and it's also i think it's you know from the perspective of an american perspective we're very individualistic society you are there are pressures for you as an individual to be successful whatever successful means many people think that just means i'm going to make a million dollars by 30 by, by the time i'm 30 or something like that um Whereas many of the, the, the countries that we work with that come in, they're not an individualistic society. They're a collective society um, where everybody helps everybody else. Um, yeah. And that isn't, although that certainly happens in the United States, um, it's not what the United States is kind of known for. And that's certainly not the overriding social pressure. So um, to hear that you want a more independence is like very selfishly for me, you know, it's like, Okay, well, that's good. Yeah, and the fun part that in my case, like on the time that we went to the program, the entrepreneurship program, we had the Independence Day on the fourth of July, and it was, it was, yeah, it was great to like witness this live there and see the all the activities that happening on the Independence and like celebrate it with the Americans. And I remember like holding the American flag and uh, like feeling to be. An American, while you're you're just visiting it for five weeks, it was it was something that I've never thought I would do in the future, and l like witness the Independence Day, you know, it was it was yeah, it was one of the amazing experiences that we had. That's great. Yeah, those are always fun, fun, fun times um, for all of us. And I think I was able to to tag along with that group later that night um, and see the fireworks, which was fun for many people. Yeah, yeah, that's the fun part. That's amazing that we witnessed that. And I, I will, I like, I remember that there were like kind of three groups that in that day, and we kind of uh, interacted and met all of them, and we danced and uh, had fun. It was amazing, and yeah, we we liked it a lot, and we still have memories and photos of that day. I think that the idea of your podcast is a great one. I think you will never 
run out of people to talk to. It's really as long as you want to run the podcast, because every person you talk to that's had these experiences will have much, much, much to say. Um, you ask them the right questions and they'll just, they'll just tell you and tell, start telling you stories. And I think they'll, in general, they'll be, they'll be very positive stories, but I think it's important to hear the, as much as you can hear a balanced uh, account of their time in the United States and also of how it's affected them when they come home. So thank you very much, uh, Ken, for that time that we spend talking about Susi. And uh, uh, I think that will give the idea to our listeners that how great it was the experience and how memorable is the experience of Susi programs. And I would encourage them also to to see and tell people, like for the alumni, tell the people about the SUSI program and tell everyone to, to, to participate in these programs and search and like look further for these programs. So it's great, great idea for a podcast. I will listen to the future episodes. I'm looking forward to hearing the stories. Um, and I thank you very much for having me on this episode. And in the next episodes, we will talk about experiences with the alumni and we will interview many alumni from all the countries in SUSI program. And uh, in these uh, episodes, we will talk about their experience, their culture shocks, and their individualistic experience of each and every one.